Happy Easter, church. There you go. He's risen. He's risen indeed, yes. And uh, I'll tell you what, a good way to spend Easter is uh, I went to, my wife and I went yesterday to see the uh, movie Paul. I normally don't uh, endorse movies, but I, if you have not seen it, you need to go see it and go see, uh, I can only imagine also, you know. Uh, I found, I heard this morning that Older Than You Imagine was made for $7 million, which to me seems like a lot of money. But they said for Hollywood, that's pittance, but it's already taken in over $48 million. Praise God. And the conclusion on the program was, maybe there's a place for faith-based movies, because there's still a lot of faith-based people in this country. Isn't, you know, they don't want to call us Christians, you know, but we'll take what they'll give us. Well, hey, uh, doesn't Patrick and his crew do a good job? Elijah. Who's the one who ends up and does makes the announcement? Who's also our youth uh, intern? Uh, who's also my intern? Doesn't he do a great job? But I'll tell you, the guy I really want to compliment is that's Cameron. He does a great job. Give him applause because he can cut me off anytime he wants to. So, but anyway, today if you haven't picked up on it, we want to talk to you and speak to you and teach from the Bible on the resurrection and the resurrection power. And so if you'll uh, have your Bible, turn with me to Ephesians uh, chapter 1, 13 through 21. Um, and so let me read. And that's starting with uh, chapter 1, verse 13. Basically, I'm going to be uh, just dwelling on the last part of the section about the resurrection power, but we need to keep it in context. So it says, in him. Now, if you all don't understand who in him is, that's Jesus. In him, you also trusted after you heard the word of truth. The gospel of your salvation, in whom also having believed, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. That's our down payment, folks. All right. Who is the guarantee of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession to the praise of his glory? In other words, the Holy Spirit is our earnest money is if you were buying a house until you have your full redemption, which is when you'll stand before Christ and receive your glorified body. Therefore, I also, and I'm looking forward to that glorified body. These you know, things jump in my mind because I've ruined this one. But anyway, therefore, I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints, do not cease to give thanks. In other words, Paul constantly, without ceasing, prayed for the Christians in Ephesians. Ladies and gentlemen, that should be, we should be constantly, every day, praying for one another, praying for our church praying for our country, praying for our leaders. That should be a priority of every day. So he says, Therefore also after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints, do not cease to give thanks for you, making mention to you in my prayers that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. The eyes of your understanding being enlightened that you may know what is the hope of his calling, what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. And what is the exceeding greatness of his power? Now, do you get that? The exceeding greatness of his power towards us who believe according to the working of his mighty power, which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead. Now, that's power, folks. Raised him from the dead. And seated, seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places, 
For above all principalities and power and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in that which is to come. Folks, Paul, even in this, is talking about us because we're part of the age to come. So this morning, I want to teach you, or not necessarily teach you, but share with you four truths about the resurrection power. You know, Jesus wants us to know his resurrection power. That's a hard word for me to say. Resurrection, resurrection, I got it. All right, he wants us to know that power. Now, my wife, lovely wife's here. Now, immediately after the service, based on this introduction, I want you, as many of you all surround me, because she may hit me, you know. I know I'm going to get it at behind closed doors, but she may do it this morning because I'm going to talk about it. And, and my wife is so quiet, shy, a tremendous lady. And she, she likes to work behind the scenes. She does so many things that people don't even know because she never wants to be out front. But this morning, I'm going to put it out front just a little bit. And, you know, but anyway, I want you to know, I know my wife, Dorothy. The only person who knows Dorothy better than I do is the Lord. Uh, I know her better than anybody. Now, think with me just a minute. If you have a spouse, you can say the same thing. I know the schooling she's had. I know the job she's held. I know the ministry she's done for the church behind the scenes for years. I, know, I knew her mother and father. I know her brother and, and his wife. I know about her sister being run over by a drunk driver and killed when she was four years old. I know where she lived as a child, where she was born. In addition to all that, I know her life. I was there when she received Christ in our home. I was there when she was baptized. I was there... When she blessed me with a beautiful baby girl. I did the funerals for her mother and dad. I know her habits. I know her hurts. I know her hang-ups. I know what makes her happy. I know what makes her sad. I know her quirks. I know her pet peeves. What makes her laugh. What makes her cry. What she worries about. Her strengths and her weaknesses. I know what she likes to eat. And I know what she won't eat. There's a difference between what she likes to eat and what she doesn't like to eat. But I know what she won't eat. Now, guys don't do this. I do it all the time. I'll say, honey, what do you want to go eat? She says, I don't care. I says, good. Let's go Chinese. (laughs) (laughs) Let's go to Mexican. (laughs) I know. (laughs) Let's go to Greek. No, we won't talk about that. So... In fact, the day I, the night I found out I graduated from seminary, me and a bunch of my buddies went to the Greek restaurant. And uh, I got home, and she was standing at the top of our stairs. And she said, honey, did you, gra- are you going to graduate? And she said, wait a minute, what have you been eating? <laughs> she didn't come near me for three days. <laughs> she, she, so I know what she likes, I know what she dislikes. But most of all, I could tell you 
how God has worked in her life and how she has worked in my life to bless me. Ladies and gentlemen, I would not even be here if it wasn't for my wife. It was, if it wasn't for her influence. And she got me going to church. You know, we've been married 56 years this, week, this, this uh, July. And I still apologize to her for those terrible five years before I came to faith. But she hung in there with me. And God has given it to me as a blessing. And over these 50-something years, I have learned to know her close and personal. Now you say, Herb, why are you, why are you talking about your wife? Why, why are you saying all those things? Well, I want to give you an analogy. I want to give you an illustration of how God wants you to know him. Jesus is more than just a name. Jesus is more than just a figment of somebody's imagination. Today is April 1st. April Fool's Day. That's what the world is celebrating. But praise God. We're celebrating Easter. The day he came out of the grave. And he exercised and God exercised the power of his resurrection. So the first thing I want you to know this morning, and this is important. The resurrection, the resurrection power of Jesus is available. It's not something that's hidden. It's not something that's put off here for a, a special few. It's available. It's available to you and it's available to me. It's available to anyone who is in Christ Jesus. You know, I got thinking about this and I'm going to mention this a couple of times. I thought, man, and I always thought, one of these days, if I die before Christ comes, there's going to be a day the angel's going to shout, the trumpet's going to blow, and I'm going to pop out of the ground and get a new body. But anyway, that's a good, but then, you know, it's amazing. You know, I don't care how long you study the Bible. God is always going to show you new things. He's going to illuminate your mind. And it dawned on me, and I, I, I'll confess it. It dawned on me while I was preparing for this message. Herb, what are you, what are you talking about? You're, you're saying, well, one of these days you're going to die if he doesn't come, and you're going to be raised from the dead. And God's going to exercise that, that power of the same power to use to resurrect Christ to resurrect you. And then the thought came to me. Hey, dummy. Hey, dummy. Now, I can say that about me. You say it about me, you'll get leprosy. And I can prove it by the Bible. But here's the point I want you to know. I've already, already been resurrected. If you're in Christ Jesus, you've already been resurrected. Because the Bible teaches us that we're dead in our trespasses. We're dead men walking. I don't have any rhythm. We're dead men walking. You know, I, I thought, what's, this, what's all this stuff now about zombie attacks and zombie this and zombie that? It dawned on me this week. That's all those folks dead walking. They don't know Jesus Christ. They're dead in their trespasses. But praise God, if you're in Christ Jesus, you have been resurrected already. 
Think about that. Now, I, I don't hear as much as I used to, but years I'd hear people come up to me and say, I want, I want more of Jesus. Have you ever heard that? Somebody says, that's my desire. I just want to have more of Jesus. Well, let me give you a truth. You can't have any more of Jesus. You got, more, you got all of Jesus you're ever going to have. Because Jesus didn't say, well, I'll come in and give him my foot today. Give him my elbow tomorrow. Give him my hip. Next week, if you ask me for it. No, when Jesus comes in, he comes in fully. Now, here's the truth I want you to hear about the availability of the resurrection of power of Christ. You already have all the resurrection power. Coming to church today, I heard, I just caught the tail end. But apparently somewhere to celebrate Easter, everybody walked in to worship and all the lights were out. And they walked into total darkness. And then when everybody got in and they saw the service, they flipped the lights on to show that we're walking in the light. We're not walking in darkness. I thought, I'm going to do that. And then I got thinking as I got out the door, out the car, and the God spoke to my heart and said, don't do that, Herb. Most of these people stumble anyway, and you, you turn the lights out, you're going to break somebody's neck and get sued. So we didn't do it. I thought it was a good idea. But for the, we just have to use the power God's given us. And it's available. It's available to anybody who has received Jesus Christ. In the Old Testament, and I may have shared this with you, but it, it, it made such an impression, impression on me uh, when I read it. And I've been looking for it, you know, and I know it's there. I don't know about you, but I'm just going to make a confession. I know the scripture, but sometimes I always can't find the right address, you know. And so, the, but the thing is, it said, one of the Israelites could chase a thousand of the enemy because they knew who they were. They had the power of God behind them. And then later on, it says a generation, and this is in Judges, a generation grew up that knew not what God had done for Israel. And later on, it says one of the enemy could chase a thousand of the Israelites. What happened? They forgot who they are. And we, as God's people, have got forgotten who we are. We are the children of God. We have the power of God available to us. But it's not available to us for our own personal use. It's available to us for the furtherance of the kingdom of the gospel. So, the first thing I want you to hear this morning and write it on your heart that we have the resurrection power of Almighty God. It's already ours. If you notice in that prayer, Paul didn't pray that they'd get the resurrection power. He prayed that they would understand the totality of the power that was always there. He didn't have to pray for them to have resurrection power because they already had it. He was just praying that they'd walk in it. So that's the first thing I want you to learn this morning, and I said, is the resurrection power of Jesus Christ is available to us. But the second thing I want you to hear is that the resurrection power is invaluable. It's precious. It's not to be misused. 
you know, we talk about, you know, people all over us always trying to gather this and gather this and gather this and gather this. And, you know, there's an old story. When you die, the, the individual has the most toys wins. <laughs> you know, I remember the story of someone asking somebody when the dear friend said, how much did he leave? <laughs> all of it. We have the power of God. It's invaluable. It's precious. It's to be used for the furtherance of the gospel. You know, last week I asked you all to, and many of you all committed, and I hope some more will commit. I asked you to, to join the, the 7-Eleven ministry that I wanted to start here at the church. Seven days in a week. Every week, hand out at least one track or share Christ with someone. That's the one. Two, invite somebody every week to come and visit us and worship with us. Not hard to do. And I, please don't take this wrong. I, I, I never want to say, hey, look at Brother Herb. But I don't ask people to do what I don't do. I don't say, well, you know, I'm, 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 I'm the pastor. You all need to do this. and I'll just give you the ideas and you go out and do it. No. If I ask you to do something, I need to do it. Some of you are here today because you've been invited. Thank you for coming. You helped me to fill out one. If you didn't come, I still fulfilled the one. And let me share with you the power of God. And again, please do not, do not take this wrong. I'm not saying, hey, look at Brother Herb. If I ever do that, shoot me. I, I don't want to do that because it's all God. It's all his power. But I, I learned something that I already knew. Anybody ever heard about the ricochet? You know what a ricochet is? If you shoot something, and you, you got to be careful because it might ricochet someplace else. Well, I had the privilege this week of Thursday before I went back to Sebring of sharing the gospel with this gentleman. And, and he had a lot of questions and because he's resting on an infant baptism. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm not throwing off on, on what you believe or thinking, but let me just share with you. And as I shared with this young man, everything in the Bible says a person must receive Christ on their own. And after they receive Christ, baptism always comes after receiving Christ, never before. It's not like when you, you, know, when you got married, you didn't put the ring on before you said your vows. You put the ring on after you said the vows. So the ring doesn't cause you to be married. It just shows that you are married. And baptism doesn't cause you to be in Christ. It just shows that you're in Christ and you're not ashamed of him. So baptism always follows you receiving Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. And so we, you, he was struggling with this and we were talking to everything else. And another gentleman came in and sat down and this man's shift was over, and the other man was supposed to take the shift. But, the, you know, anyway, I made him, I made the other guy, he was early, but he didn't get started on time, and the other guy worked over. But he said, well, let me think about this. And he laughed. The young man sitting there, who was just, he was just waiting to start his shift, him and I got talking. And, and I noticed he was really, Paying attention. And so I asked him if he knew where he was going to spend eternity. And we got caught talking. And you got a new brother in Christ, a fellow by the name of Andrew. 
And I thought, man, that's ricochet evangelism. We need to let people know. Ricochet evangelism. The power, resurrection power works even if you're not the one being talked to. It's invaluable. It will accomplish its purpose. There's nothing more precious than the power that we have in Christ. But a lot of things. How many of y'all got precious things? I have precious things. You know what some of my most precious things are? They're in my safe. Locked up. I was talking to somebody the other day in Sebring. And I have this watch. I won't talk about this watch. But I never wear this watch. It's one of those watches that's very valuable. I even got a certificate on how valuable it is. And so I don't wear it. And I thought, that's ridiculous. So I started wearing it this week. Everybody keeps saying, what's that church up there paying you? I said, not enough. All kidding aside, very gracious. But, I mean, but that's what we do. I want you to get my thought. That's what we do. We lock up our precious items. And so many of God's people have the resurrection power of God. It's invaluable. It's precious. But they never use it. And I'm going to fall off. I promised somebody I would. That's what these carpets are here for. So anyway, it's available. It's invaluable. But I want you to know, the resurrection power of God is notable. It's notable. In other words, we can know its power and use its power. Paul prayed that their eyes would be open. You know, I thought about that this week. And I remember the story of the prophet who had a servant. And the prophet was causing all kinds of problems for the enemy. And the enemy sent their army to capture the prophet. The prophet of God. The servant went out and all he saw was this vast army arrayed, arrayed around where they were dwelling. And he come in and he said, Master, what are we going to do? And the prophet just said, Lord, open up his eyes. Open up his eyes. And he walked back down and he saw a legion of angels around this army. And the army was blinded. And there's one prophet, the man and person of God, captured that whole army. What Paul was praying for is, Lord, let the Ephesian Christians see with spiritual eyes. You cannot see the power of God naturally. You see the results of the power of God. And I guarantee you, if you've been a Christian any length of time, you have seen the resurrection power of God. Now, you know me, I always like to give you some examples. And again, God have the glory. You know, so often we get in situations and we try and work them out and then finally we say, duh, maybe I ought to pray. And then it gets worked out. Well, folks, when it gets worked out, that's the resurrection power of God working in your life. 
Now, years ago, when I had the privilege of serving as minister of evangelism at First Baptist Church of Lilburn, Georgia, outside Atlanta, which was the largest church in that area on the northeast side. And so we were the largest church in our association. And so the association decided to have a big crusade. We never had it. We had a lot of revivals. We need to bring revivals back. But we had a lot of revivals, but we never had a big crusade. So we contacted Dr. Bailey Smith, who was now in evangelism. He used to be the president of the Southern Baptist Convention. And before that, he was out in Oklahoma pastoring this big church. And he came and talked to us and talked with the evangelism committee of the association. And so then we gathered all the churches, and he came and spoke. And we voted to have a crusade. A year before the crusade, so we started getting prepared. So we had a meeting of all the pastors. And I never forget this meeting. It made an impression on me. At that time, I was serving under Dr. Rick Forrester. Tremendous man of God. Tremendous preacher. We go to the meeting. Well, he's the pastor of the largest church. So guess who got voted on to be the chairman of the crusade committee? Dr. Rick Forrester. And he stood up. He says, I'd be glad to do it if Brother Herb can be my assistant. They said, sure. He's director of the evangelism committee for association. Anyway, that's natural. Dr. Rick was a real wit. We're walking out to the car and he says, now, Brother Herb, you know what this means. I said, yes, sir, Pastor. You get the glory. I get the work. (laughs) Well, let me share with you just a few. I could share, take up the rest of the time. I just want to share a few things that I hope you recognize. This is resurrection power. We wanted to have the crusade in the big football stadium at Burkmar High School. So we went and met with the principal. And he was very gracious, very kind. And when we finished, he said, you can't do that. Why can't we do it? He says, well, if we let you use it, then the Jehovah Witnesses want to use it. And the Ku Klux Klan want to use it. And so, you know, rather than open us up to that. Now, ladies and gentlemen, I don't know about you. And I and everybody tell you I'm a nut. I don't have any problem with those false faiths using things if we who have the truth can use it because truth will always outwin the lie. But when you cut off the, the truth because you're afraid of the lie, people don't hear the truth. So I said, is there anybody higher I can talk to? Me and, my, and a few guys with me, they said, yeah, you can go to the superintendent of schools in Gwinnett County. I said, oh man, this is a winner because I knew the superintendent of schools because he was a member of one of our churches. He wasn't a member of my church, but he's a member of another church. But I knew he was a dedicated Christian, and so I went to meet with him, and we sat down, him and me, I always had a couple guys with me, it wasn't just me, and uh, he said, no, you, you, you can't use it, I'm sorry, you just can't use it, give us the same excuse. I said, is there somebody higher than you that I can go talk to? He said, yeah, you can get on the agenda for the school board. I said, okay. So I made the necessary contacts and got on their schedule for the next meeting. Now, remember, we're preparing this a year in advance. And sometime before the meeting, I got thinking, you know, we keep asking for a higher power, but we're not going to the higher power. So we had a couple of prayer meetings, and we just prayed that when we went to the school board, everything would go and we could use the stadium. The night I was supposed to meet with them, the church gets a phone call. 4.30 in the afternoon, said, there's no need for you guys to come out and meet with us and, and take time off of our agenda. 
There's no reason why you can't use that stadium. Boom! Resurrection power. You get it? All right. Now, here's, here's, here's the, the next problem we had with the crusade. One of the churches, which was the next largest church, said they would take care of building the crusade platform. So I said, no problem. So I said, that's off my plate. Two weeks. Two weeks before the crusade. One of the staff members called me and said, Brother, we're so sorry. We thought we could do this. Uh, we got the plans, everything else. There's just, you know, it, it, there's just no way we can do this. Praise God that he held my tongue, but he didn't hold my thoughts. And I was not a happy camper. Two weeks. And that was the week we were supposed to start the preparation of building the platform. I got praying. Got some of my cohorts praying. Got a lot of people praying. And that rest of that week, I spent calling guys in my church that I knew that were in construction. And there was one guy, I didn't know him real well, but I knew he was in some kind of construction because one of my visitation teams had led him to the Lord the month before. And he was real excited. So they all came to my office. I had them in a semicircle. I told them what I needed was. I showed each of them a copy of the plan of how to build this big, huge platform with spaces for a choir and the piano and an organ and all kinds of stuff. And I went to this guy and said, can you do it? He says, Herbert, too, I just don't know where I can do it. Boom, boom, boom. Came to the guy who was a brand new Christian. He says, yeah, I can do it. I said, you can? He said, yeah, you don't know what I do, do you? I said, no. He says, he says I am the uh, individual who gathers all the supplies. And he says, I work for a company. We don't build houses. and We don't build, the, we build skyscrapers. And we got a new skyscraper plan to start building after about a month after crusade, I've got a whole warehouse full of the scaffolding and the plywood and everything you need. He says, we'll, we will loan it to you. Don't cost me a dime. <laughs> we'll loan it to you. And we'll be, I'll send my crew out here. We'll build it. And then we'll tear it down. Ladies and gentlemen, what is that? Resurrection power, right? Yeah. It's knowable. Last thing. Same thing crusade. I could tell you others, but I just only worked on the crusade day. Last meeting, Brother Rick's given a report process. We're, we're a week away from the start of this huge crusade. One of the pastors in the group raised his hand and said, I have, you know, Rick said, is there any questions? He, he says, I have a question. He says, what contingency have we made for rain? Outdoor stadium. Brother Rick says, let me let Brother Herb answer that question. He's been more involved than I have. I stepped up there and I says, to answer your question, we've made no contingency for rain. Because it's not going to rain. Everybody laughed at me. And the guy asked the question says, <laughs> I know, I have never forgotten this. Do you control the weather? I said, no, sir, Brother Bob, I don't. But I know something you don't know. And he says, what's that? I says, and I know you know the person who controls the weather, so that's not what I'm saying. But what I'm saying is, we have been praying to, the, to God Almighty 
that for that week it would not rain on Brookmore Stadium. And we've had prayer meetings going on for a year, and all we prayed about was the weather because I was concerned about the weather. And so I can say unequivocally, it is not going to rain. It is not going to rain in Gwinnett County. (laughs) Folks, it rained everywhere in Gwinnett County. But it never rained on the stadium. Ask my wife. People say, where did Herb get these stories? She'll tell you. If Herb tells you a story, it's absolutely true. We were on the way to the stadium one night, pouring down rain. We We crossed Highway 29. It was a dust bowl. We got to the stadium, didn't get a drop. I got home that night, and they said, we, we don't know what happened, but this massive front was coming to Gwinnett County, and all of a sudden there was one spot that didn't get any rain. It's like the clouds didn't, didn't get there, and then it rained on the other side. What is that, folks? Resurrection power. Now, I want this afternoon, I want you to spend some time thinking about your Christian life, if you've been a Christian, and, and documenting times that you've seen resurrection power. If you have prayed and see the prayer answered, that's resurrection power. If you've been on a team or if you've had the opportunity to lead somebody to the Lord, that's resurrection power. We have the power. We just need to start walking in the power of God. So it's available. It's invaluable. It's knowable. But ladies and gentlemen, I want you to know something. It's unstoppable. Now that's God's promise. The resurrection power of God is unstoppable. It may be weak in some places, and it's only weak not because of God, because of us. But there's some places that the resurrection power is on fire. There are places that are now sending us missionaries because we've slowly become like Europe. I never will forget, I think I mentioned this to you before, my first trip to Europe years ago. And uh, I walked into one of these big churches. And the, the ministers were walking around. It was a big, I mean, this thing must have been built like the 1600. And they were doing tours. <laughs> they were taking trips around there. I can't say tours. But anyway, the thing is, is the ministers had a box. And they were asking, they didn't charge you to tour the church, but they asked for a donation. That's what broke my heart. I went back and told my church when I reported, because I was over there doing ministry. I said, don't you make me, one of these days, walk this church to show people the, the things about this church and make me wear a box around my neck. Europe, who used to send out more missionaries than anybody, is now a mission field. Ladies and gentlemen, if we don't turn on the resurrection power, The United States of America is slowly turning into a place where people need to send missionaries. And why is that? Because we are not using the power God has given us. We're not going into the highways. We're not going into the byways. We're not... Building the kingdom of God like we ought to. It breaks my heart. What breaks my heart more than anything 
There's a lot of things that break my heart. But it breaks my heart when I hear God's people said, I like a small church. I like a church that is, you know, just so good fellowship. I want to tell you something, ladies and gentlemen. If that's your concept of church, that's not Jesus Christ's concept of church. Because he said, go into all the world and make disciples. Baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and then teach them to learn all things that I taught you. And I'm still learning. One more footnote, and then I'm done. I've been tell- I told you, come July, I'll be married 56 years. Some of you all have been Christians longer than I've been. Some of you have been Christians a lot of time. And you thought, hey, I've arrived. You've not arrived. Two things have happened in my life recently that taught me I'm still a work in progress when it comes to marriage. One was this morning. (laughs) I come out of the bedroom. I said, honey, how do I look? She said, you look good. You always look good. I said, thank you. We stop for breakfast. I get jelly on my hand. God always takes care, Brother Herb. Resurrection power. So I had to go in the bathroom to wash my hands. I looked in the mirror. Now, it may look like I got a lot of hair, but I don't have a lot of hair. I use a volumizer. (laughs) And when you put it on your hair, it shrinks your hair. But when you comb it or blow dry it, it's like blowing in a balloon. It expands. It makes you look like you got a lot of hair. I looked at myself. I said, I'm bald. Now, guys, if you're bald, there's nothing wrong with being bald. But, you know, I prayed to have hair at this stage. And my brothers prayed to have height. I'm short. They're tall. Resurrection power. So I had to stop. That's the reason we were late this morning. My wife was late for Sunday school. Because I had to stop at a drugstore, buy a brush and a hairspray, go in and comb my hair and get it all fixed up, get it all swirled up there, and spray it down. And I come out. I said, honey, why is She says, I didn't look at your hair. <laughs> I always want to leave them laughing because I learned that in seminary. Go ahead and tell them all the truth. Get their hearts done, but always leave them when they feel good when they leave the church. So the last thing. Men and women don't communicate like each other. I mean, we communicate, but we don't communicate. My wife came to me couple weeks before Valentine's says, honey, we've been married over 50 years. We've always celebrated Valentine's. Let's, let's not do anything this year. I said, okay. I'm going to save a lot of money. <laughs> I wake up Valentine's Day, and there's the most beautiful card on the counter. I mean, it was, I mean it's one of the best she ever gave me. Her, her expression of love. and you know, I, I, I cried. I'm serious. I don't mind admitting. I'm, you know, I'm a real man, but I cried. And then I went to her. I said, honey, I thought we weren't going to do anything. She said, I didn't mean not give a card. I meant buy a gift. (laughs) Well, tell me that. (laughs) So I've learned this in marriage. You got to make amends. So when she was napping, I went to the drugstore. And I bought her four boxes of chocolate-covered cherries and the biggest box of candy I could find. Now, you know, when you're a Christian, God blesses you, right? This is Valentine's Day, 3 o'clock in the afternoon. I got everything at 70% off. So, 
But God wants you to know his resurrection power. If you're a guest of ours today, we want you to know that you're welcome. Elijah already mentioned that we have, and I would like always everybody to fill out these cards, but if you're a guest, a first-time guest, please fill it out. We have a special, you know, we always give things to our guests, but we have a special gift bag for you all today. And if you'll bring this card and turn it in, we'll give you the gift bag. We have cookies. We have donut holes. We have coffee. <laughs> we have sodas. I told the church we have the coffee and, the, and, and, and stuff every week, so let's be a 7-Eleven church. So y'all got that. Seven days in a week, share the gospel, give a check to one person, invite one person to church every week. Make that a priority in your life. Please fill this out. Share today how God's word may have meant something to you if it did. Put your prayer requests down and put your decision because in a few minutes I'm going to pray. If you're here today and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, I'm not talking about knowing him or believing in him. You know, the devil believes in him, but he don't know him. If you're married, you understand what I'm saying. You're married because you took a wedding vow. The only thing that caused you to be married is you took that wedding vow. And then after you took the vow... You put on a wedding ring to show you took the vow, the vow. If you're a Christian, it's not because you got baptized or not because you went through some ceremony in a church or not because you believe in God or not because you go to church. I went to church for years. My wife went to church for longer than I did as an unchristian. And I thought she was the pity of a Christian. Two years after I became a Christian, she realized she didn't, she didn't have the joy I had. And she got examined her life, found out. She joined the church. She never joined Christ. She never recommitted her life. She never received Christ. So if you're here today, I'm going to pray in a few minutes. It's going to be a wedding vow to receive Christ. Just, Mark, I have decided to follow Jesus. If you'd like more information about our church, mark that. If you'd like to be baptized, we're going to have a baptism service here. Get ready for it. We're going to have a baptism service here on April the 29th. Um, and we got several people waiting in baptism. Uh, if you're interested in, in uh, joining the church, please let us know. And if you would like to have a visit from a minister, that's me. <laughs> Mark that, and I will make arrangements because I'm going out. Me and some of the fellows are going out every Monday night visiting because I don't, there's nothing I like better. I would do it more often, but I had to leave on Tuesday. But I do visit every Monday night. Okay. Well, let's have a word of prayer. And uh, then uh, Elijah will come up and, and Patrick will come up and finish the service. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for laughing at my jokes. But more than more, thank you for paying attention because the word of God is the most important thing you'll ever hear. Let us pray. Father, I thank you for all these who are here today. Lord, I thank you that today is a day that we celebrate the resurrection of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, who came from the grave. But, Lord, before he went to the grave, he took our sins. He was sacrificed for us. He took our punishment, Lord. We're so grateful for that, Lord. And, Lord, help us to realize that Easter is not just on Easter Sunday. But Easter is every day of our lives when we realize of the resurrection power of God that's available to us. It's available to us through prayer. It's available to us through action. Lord, just like we never get any more of Jesus than we already have if we're a Christian, we never get any more of the resurrection power that's already ours. We just have to use it. Now, Lord, if there's any here today who are not 
your children who have not yet made a commitment to you. Your word tells us, but as many as received them, to him he gave their privilege to become the children of God. You tell us, whosoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Saved from what? The coming judgment of God. And you tell us, Lord, that behold, you stand at the door and I knock, and you knock. And if anyone will invite you in, you'll come in and dine with him and he with you, and you'll never leave them. And so, Lord, today, if someone's here and they don't know absolutely sure that when they pass from this earth, they go to heaven. Lord, I pray that right now they make this commitment by simply stating this simple prayer. Dear Lord, I know I'm a sinner. I know I need forgiveness. I believe that Jesus is your son. He died for me on the cross. He has the power to forgive me of my sin. So, Jesus, right now, I ask you to forgive me of my sin. I receive you as my Lord and Savior. I commit my life to you. Make me the person you want me to be. And thank you for saving me. In Jesus Christ's name I do pray. Amen.